Uh, I want to start with a question this morning. Hands up if you've got your Christmas tree up. I always think you can tell a lot about people by when they put their Christmas tree up. Um, Okay, hands up again, final question, if actually your tree was up in November. Ah, ah, you see. (laughs) They they don't know their liturgical calendar, do they? Um, We have no tree up in our house, I'm delighted to say. Uh, The tree will be going up uh, any day now, no doubt. But one thing we do have in our house this year, thanks to my wonderful kind wife, is an Advent calendar. On Friday, when I'd had a really rough day, everything just seemed to be going wrong. And Sarah came in the door and she said, I've got a present for you. And I thought, what's this present going to be? I'm going to have to look and pretend that I really like it, even if I don't. (laughs) And the present was an advent calendar. And I haven't had an advent calendar since I was probably, I don't know, nine or ten years of age. And even more amazing uh, than getting an advent calendar, well, two things even more amazing than that. One, she bought it uh, at a time when they weren't half price. Uh, She got it before uh, advent. And secondly, uh, the other amazing thing about the advent calendar is that today is the 2nd of December, and I've only actually eaten one of the chocolates. Uh, normally by this stage, I'm at least on day 15 uh, of the, uh, the chocolates, but, uh, but no, I'm being really disciplined because I've listened to our sermon series over the, uh, over the last few weeks. So Christmas is coming. Uh, Christmas is coming. But we have this whole series uh, of Advent to get through before we get to Christmas uh, properly. And this morning, Advent Sunday marks something of a change in the, uh, in the year for us, in the church's year. Advent uh, Sunday is traditionally uh, known as the, ch- the start of a new church year. So Advent is the start of something new. It's a time when God was putting in place a whole new chapter in the history of the story of this earth with the birth of Jesus Christ. So Advent is a time of change, and I think for us here today in the 21st century, Advent is a time when quite often we are straining to look forward to the things that are happening over the coming weeks. But I think as human beings, in some respects, we're always looking forward, are we not? Uh, What have I got to do later today? What's in the fridge for lunch? don't want to think about that because there's nothing uh, in the fridge for lunch. Um, What's in the calendar this week? Uh, What's our next holiday going to be so that we can escape this awful, damp, miserable, grey weather uh, of December in Northern Ireland? What are our goals for the next year? And what has God got in store for us next? We're always looking ahead, are we not? We're always planning and speculating and dreaming and also worrying about the future. But I think Advent reminds us of two important things. And the first thing is that if we are so busy, constantly looking ahead in life, then we might actually be in danger of taking our eyes off and missing out on what God is doing here and now in the present in our lives. And secondly, whilst of course it's sensible and prudent to plan ahead in life, Advent reminds us that there are limits to our planning ahead, because only God knows the exact plans that he has in store for us. God can interrupt our plans and replace them with his plans, as he does with Mary in the reading that Josh read for us a few moments ago. Because as if out of nowhere, 
this angel comes to a young girl called Mary in a lowly family in an insignificant town called Nazareth. And the angel announces to Mary the greatest news ever heard by human ears. And that's because God was on the move. But God was on the move seemingly out of nowhere, as he often is. And God's plan involved, as it often does, a very ordinary person, a person just like you and just like me. Now, at this time, Mary, we are told in the passage, was pledged to be married to Joseph. So, Mary had loads of plans of her own going on in life. Mary, at that time, would have been planning for getting married to Joseph, for all of that entailed, for the preparations that had to go into all of that. So, she was busy, and she had this at the forefront of her mind. But God intervened on Mary's plans. God intervened in this big life event that was happening to Mary. And God put in place an even more significant event than Mary's plans to get wed, uh, to get married. And God put in place a plan all of his own making. And this plan that God had meant that Mary was confronted with the news that would not only change her life forever, but would change the course of world history forever. And I think that's a reminder to us that God's plans are always mightier, are always better than our plans. We are of use to God when we take time to listen to His voice, when we follow His leading, and when we submit our plans and our desires to His will. You will conceive and give birth to a son, the angel tells her in verse 31, and you're to call him Jesus. Now, the angel does not say, I think it's interesting to note, are you willing to conceive and bear a son? Question mark. The angel says, you will conceive and give birth to a son. Which reminds us that God's will comes to us. Things happen to us. Things that we do not necessarily choose for ourselves in life. And the important thing, as Mary demonstrated, is how we respond to that. Now, Mary's initial response was a very understandable one. It was one of fear and confusion. And it was fear because at that time she's got this angel beside her, this angel which is clearly an experience that she'd never had before in her life. And confusion because Mary was a virgin. And yet this angel was standing beside her and telling her that she was going to give birth to a son. It's little wonder she could hardly take in the enormity of it all. But there's something really important at the very beginning of this morning's passage that I think we're in danger of reading over far too quickly. And that is the very first verse we looked at, verse 26. God sent the angel Gabriel to Mary in Nazareth. God sent the angel to Mary. And that reminds us that God was in control. Even if for Mary, for these few brief moments when she was encountered with the presence and the message of an angel, everything, no doubt, was spinning out of control for her. But God was in control. Greetings, you who are highly favored, said the angel from God. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. 
There's a message of reassurance for Mary here. I know this is a lot to take in, God is saying to her through the uh, angel. I know you can't get your head around this at the moment, but I am with you. Be reassured. And he goes on to say, verse 30, the angel, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. So God's message to Mary is one of reassurance. I am with you and do not be afraid. So when God interrupts Mary's plans with his plans, one of the most important things he does is to reassure her that he's got this absolutely under control and that she doesn't therefore need to be afraid. And that is God's promise to Mary. And God offers us exactly the same promise when he replaces our plans with his plans. God tells us also that he is in control and we need not be afraid. Jeremiah 29, 11 is for many people their favorite verse in the Bible. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Or Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. You don't know what's going on here. But don't try and understand, just trust. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. And what about the words of Jesus himself when he went on to his earthly ministry? And surely I am with you always, he tells us, to the very end of the edge. These are God's promises to us in his word. These are promises that have never been broken. These are promises that will never be broken. And these are promises that allow us to stand firm on everything that he tells us in his word. You see, God's plan for us, as in the verse from Jeremiah, is always a good plan. God's plans for us in life are good. He takes us out of our comfort zone sometimes. (laughs) Um, He takes us out of our comfort zone. But we do things in his strength. And what he's saying to us here is that he will use us as he used Mary for good things if we allow him to. Because Mary was well and truly out of her comfort zone. This angel had just told her she was going to give birth. But how could that be? She was a virgin. It made absolutely no sense on any level, not least a biological one. But as Jesus went on to say in Matthew 19, 26, while for us as human beings, some things just seem utterly impossible, with God, all things are possible. And I think that's why it's so significant that Luke opens this account in uh, the gospel we read this morning by reminding us that the angel Gabriel had previously, the angel Gabriel had previously appeared to Elizabeth. And he reminds Mary in verse 26 that he is approaching Mary at this time in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Elizabeth, you will remember, was Mary's cousin. Elizabeth and her husband Zechariah 
were getting on in years and were not able to conceive. And yet the angel Gabriel had previously given them a promise from God when he appeared to Zechariah in the temple and said, do not be afraid. Once again, the reassurance, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. And that is exactly what went on to happen. It made no sense at a human level. It made no sense at a biological level. But with God, everything is possible. God had defied human logic and reason and biological rules before, and he was about to perform another miracle once again. And all Mary had to do was believe God's promise to her. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, the angel Gabriel tells Mary. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. No word, no promise from God will ever fail. God was true to his word for Elizabeth. God was true to his word for Mary. God was true to his word for every person in the Bible from Genesis onwards that he made a promise to. And God is true to his word today to each and every single one of us. We can trust every promise given to us in God's word. So when God says, as he does to us, that he has plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future, you can trust him. And when he says that he is with us always to the very end of the age, we can trust him. And when he says that he is with us, comforting us, even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we can trust him. Because no word from God will ever fail. Mary believes, and Mary accepts what God is saying to her through the angel. She is to give birth to the Holy One, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. The Son of God will be conceived by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come on you, the angel says, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And he will be born of the Virgin Mary. He is fully human, and he is fully God. And this is central to our faith. It's one of the statements, uh, it's one of the sentences, the lines in our statement of faith, the creed, when we say, as a body of believers, that we believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. And even more than all of that, even more significant than all of that, it's also the fulfillment of prophecy, the prophecy of Isaiah, that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, God with us. So this was a time from our reading this morning when God was doing a new thing. The Old Testament scriptures had pointed towards it. For hundreds of years, God's people had been waiting on the prophecy of a Messiah to be fulfilled. And now was the time that God had chosen to make it happen. Another promise not broken. 
God had not forgotten His people. His great plan to rescue His people, to rescue us from our sin, was now being put into action. And it was a plan that began with Mary and the angel and the news that came from God. And it was a plan that would take Mary to the foot of the cross to watch her son die at Calvary and to take upon himself the sins of every person in the world. And as I was thinking about this today, I was thinking, I wonder, I wonder if Mary remembered the words of the angel as she stood at the foot of the cross and watched the son that she gave birth to die on that cross, die that painful death that we remember today uh, as we gather around God's table. I wonder if she remembered the angel's words to her. He will reign forever. His kingdom will never end. So Mary has a very significant role to play in God's plan for the world, and therefore God's plan for every single person in the world. And the really significant point about all of this is that Mary responded in faith to this new bewildering thing that God was doing in her life. I am the Lord's servant, Mary said. May your word to me, may your promise to me be fulfilled. God put Mary onto this earth for a very specific purpose. But each and every single one of us is made in the image of our Creator God and has been put on this earth for a very specific purpose. What is that purpose? What is that role that God wants us to play, that God wants every single one of us to play in His plan for this world? As the prophet Micah asks in the Old Testament, what does the Lord require of you? Mary's role was a special one, but every job that God gives to us is special. Mary's job was to give birth to Jesus Christ, the Savior who came to us to be the light of the world. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world, as John says in the opening to his gospel. So through Mary, this great plan to bring light and life and hope and salvation to God's people was being put into action. But once Jesus was born and began his earthly ministry, he went on to say to his disciples and to us that we also now have an important role to play in God's plan for this world. And our role is also to be the light of this world. In Matthew 5, at the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus says that the responsibility passes to us to be the light in the world. You are the light of the world, he says to his disciples. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, then, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify 
your Father in heaven. So this morning, I think the question that we are being invited to ask of ourselves is this. Have we found that role that God created us for? Have we found the role that he created us for so that we can be effective for him, so that we can be the light of the world and give glory to our Father in heaven? Or do you sense that there's maybe something else that God wants you to do, something different? It might be big and it might be really small. Speaking to a neighbor, doing a good deed for someone, inviting someone to a carol service, speaking to someone in work. It might seem small to us, but if it gives glory to our Father in heaven, then it's really significant to Him. And whatever God might be asking you to do might take you out of your comfort zone, and in fact, it probably will. But remember, His plans are better than our plans. And when you follow God's plan for your life, then you find joy, that joy that comes from serving him. Mary was filled with God's Spirit. She was filled with God's Spirit for accepting the call on her life and for all that God wanted to do in and through her. And she went on to sing in verses 46, 47, just beyond our reading for today. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. The lead up to Christmas can be a really difficult time for so many people in our society. This is a time of year when people question things, when people don't know the light of the world, when people feel pain and hurt, where memories come back to people, where family bereavement comes back to people, where relationship breakdown comes back to people. The lead up to Christmas can be a really difficult time for people who are lonely, people who are on their own people who feel overlooked and forgotten. But this morning, the message is that the light of the world has dawned and there is hope for every single person. Does your soul glorify the Lord? Does your spirit rejoice in God, your Savior? If it does, then thank him for it every single day. And if it doesn't, or if it doesn't as much as you'd like it to, then make yourself available to fulfill God's plans for you, just as Mary did. And make yourself available to fulfill the plans that he wants to fulfill through you. It's never too late to do that. So on this Advent Sunday, as we enter this new season and as we reflect on a new era, a new era of world history, a new era in the civilization of human beings that God was ushering in through the birth of Jesus Christ, just think, just ask yourself about the new thing he might be doing in your life. And this morning, come and meet with God. Come and meet with Emmanuel, God with us, around his table. 
And if you think that God is maybe asking you to do something new, big or small, why not take that step this morning as you walk to his table to gather with him and seek his presence at his table of just saying quietly to him because he hears your inner thoughts, here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. You just never know how powerfully he might use you too.